welcome to The Future of What. I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. This is our first episode since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Things have changed so rapidly that it's taken us a few weeks to get organized, but we're back. At Music Biz, we decided that continuing to provide a forum for our community to come together and support each other was the most important thing we could do. So we started a Zoom chat series called Music Biz Live. Today's episode is the audio from this week's chat with Facebook and Instagram about what those companies are doing to help bring people together in this crisis, as well as explaining best practices for artists to use the tools they've created to make some money while they can't tour. Many things are still uncertain, but one thing's for sure, we're all in this together. As always, support for the future of what comes from Merch Table. With over 15 years of experience in merchandising, screen printing, tour support, and online fulfillment, MerchTable partners with artists and labels looking to jumpstart their business. Visit MerchTable.com to learn more and open a store today. On today's episode, we talk to Facebook and Instagram and take listener questions. It's all coming up on The Future of What. Can I have a taste of your ice cream? Support for the future of what comes from SoundExchange, which provides royalty solutions and advocacy to ensure all music creators are paid what they are owed. You're listening to the future of what? I'm talking to Perry Bashkoff of Instagram and Mayola Charles of Facebook. Super excited to talk to you guys. The first question to both of you is, how are you doing? How, I mean, I think that's the most important thing that all of us need to sort of just connect with on a first level is just how are we all doing at this crazy time? We are adjusting to what is definitely our new normal. As you can imagine, everyone is taking to our platforms to execute on campaigns and projects that they had originally planned to do in person. So I think busy is the least of what I can call it. We are definitely, definitely very busy right now and just trying to help everyone move forward with what they had planned in real life. Perry, how about you? Yeah, same, same, right? I mean, personally, trying to stay as positive as possible. You know, we're, we're out here now just over a month juggling the online schooling and the work from home and not being able to see friends, family, neighbors, whatnot. So trying to stay as positive as possible. But to Mayola's point, man, it could not be busier right now with everyone using the platform for a bunch of different things. And quite honestly, it's kind of overwhelming to see people using the platform for exactly what it was built for. And then I think that has been kind of really fun to watch some of the new ideas, new concepts, everything from, you know, the live DJ sets, the battles to my kids learning, you know, on IG Live and whatnot. So it's been really interesting to kind of watch and we're just trying to help, you know, we're trying to help wherever we can and make sure everyone's got the best practice, the tool kits, the access to our teams. So it's been a lot. It's been a lot, you know, while, while still trying to do everything at home and adjust to this new norm. So it's been good though. You guys maybe have it a little luckier than some. I think one of the hardest things about this has been the slowdown in other people's work environments. So it's like we went from, you know, sort of having a plan and having like, I'm going to do this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then all of a sudden it's like, everything just came to a screeching halt. So, you know, 
even though we're all in this together, I feel like you guys maybe are a little bit on the lucky side to actually have so much work. Cause I think the rest of us, it's hard when you don't have your normal routine. I think getting kicked out of the normal routine is, is one of the most difficult things that we face. So do you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously people use socials like crazy anyway. So what kinds of uses are you guys seeing that are just off the charts these days? Yeah. The live product, I think, is the one that's kind of been the standout, right? And then I, I would say video chat and just chat in general. People are starting to you know, use Messenger and, and Instagram video chat, WhatsApp video chat, Facebook Messenger, Portal, all these different products and, and platforms that we have. They're using them for, again, what they were built for, but now kind of forced to do so. So I think that we've seen a huge increase in that. And then the live thing has been really interesting specifically for music, either replacement of tours, replacement of shows, just connecting with fans, speaking authentically about what they're going through, right? And, and we always kind of preach authenticity and consistency when we talk about best practices. And like I said, it's really overwhelming to see superstar artists, developing artists, indie artists, everybody just kind of saying, hey, this is real. Like it's affecting everybody. So they're being as authentic as they can be from meditation sessions to performances to rap battles, to dance parties, everything. So I think it's been, you know, the live product is the one that, you know, our product team is really, really focused on making sure that we have everything stable and what other features and products are we going to add to what's happening from our perspective, from a partnership's perspective is where we've seen the most uptick and the most time that we've had to spend with folks making sure that they know how to go live. They know what live with is. And, and I, I'll tell you the other thing the feedback loop has just gone through the roof, right? We always ask people, hey, give us feedback while you're using the products. Well, now just the, the overall increase of everything that's happened with everything happening, we're getting such great, amazing feedback that hopefully the product teams are going to be able to kind of take and just refine and make everything that much better. So when we come, you know, when we come into the new norm, everyone's able to kind of maintain or utilize these for what they are. So the, li the live thing has been really amazing to watch. Yeah. No doubt. Mayola, do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, it's funny because Perry and I are both on media partnerships. And so we work with the same suite of products, but my lens is a bit more niche in the sense that I work on these products through a social good lens. So whereas Perry is talking about people are going live, they're doing rap battles, they're doing all of these things. They're also doing them for a cause. So I'm seeing a lot of people add donate buttons to their live streams. They're launching fundraisers. They're talking about safe hand washing and social distancing. So there's been a fire hose of folks that are using the products the way that they were supposed to be used, but using them for good. So that's been really exciting and really nice to see. I mean, we built these products and these platforms are meant to promote community and serve community. And we're seeing that more now than ever. Right. The language that I like that you guys use is creating a shared story. And I think the stay home sticker in particular, like that initiative, the idea of creating a shared story together with everyone using that sticker. I really like that idea. In addition to making sure everyone has the tools and the platform stays stable, you know, obviously our platform is an information source for a lot of people as well. So making sure that everyone has, you know, accurate information and doing whatever we can to get out the message that is going to help us all. And that message obviously right now is stay home if you're able to. So creating these stickers, again, our product team's kind of working overtime to make sure that stickers available. How do we pull that all together so you can see how everyone is doing that, working with some of the key stakeholders that might have some large followings and influencers and whatnot to make sure that they're helping drive that message home. 
you know, and then we have the thanks to the health heroes and whatnot. So there's a bunch of different messages happening to bring everyone together. I mean, man, this, this is the first time in our lifetime, right? That something is affecting the entire world and being able to have these stickers and these messages happening in multiple languages, by the way, around the world, just bringing people together so that we can help get that message out as much as possible and, and get the good news out. So it was really interesting. And, you know, some people are having fun with it, obviously. You know, the folks in, in this kind of hashtag WFH, work from home, right, has been a big thing that you start seeing kind of popping up and how people are doing their work from home. And it's a new norm, right? And so you'll see us continue to kind of read the market, read the world and see what what is needed. And it's pretty interesting to watch the product teams and the engineering teams work from afar, right? I think like a lot of folks, our offices are all shut down and only necessary folks are in the office, everyone else working from their apartments or their homes or whatnot, including our engineering teams and our product teams. So being able to be reactive and actually launch these things, you're going to see some new opportunities for us all to kind of just continue to connect together. So talk a little bit about the educational nature of socials, because one of the things about socials is that people often do turn to them for information. Like people will search for a certain topic what are you guys doing, Mail? I know there's some work that you guys have been doing at Facebook to try to make sure that that information that people get is really good information. Yeah. So Facebook has committed to working with the WHO, especially around COVID-19, to ensure that everyone is being delivered accurate information and that there is no misinformation out there about what this disease is, what this pandemic is, who it affects, so that everyone is sort of starting at the ground level in terms of how they can protect themselves and others against contracting the virus. So we're doing that in a number of ways. One, we're working with leading public health officials and leading public health organizations to ensure that the information that gets pushed out on our platform is vetted. And you can see that across Facebook and Instagram, sort of like, you know, I think stay at home is a great example of that and the content that we feed into that shared sort of story. The other way that we're doing that is by encouraging our robust list of talent and talent partners to share this information, to be the megaphone for these organizations so that everyone understands what they should be doing at a time like this. One of the other things is that we send a weekly newsletter with the most up-to-date information of what's happening on platform. I think, again, this is unprecedented. And so we're at a time where Everyone is now taking to Facebook and Instagram to do what they needed to do before, but now we're also finding gaps in what we could offer our users. And so we're building products in real time so that you are able to execute on what you need to do now and not six months or eight months down the line. So we're constantly updating our community and our partners on what's new and available to them so that they can do the path forward. And then lastly, I think we have a bunch of sort of notifications that pop up on our platforms. We have the hubs that we've created specifically around this moment. We already had of all of these hubs. We already had the business hub and the social good hub and a few others, but we're creating materials to send out at scale so that everyone is aware of how they can use the platform. And we're sending those out in different languages as well, because we understand different markets are affected by this differently. And we want to make sure that everyone can plug in and play the way that they need to. Perry, I noticed that it said that one of the things that's come up from the necessity that's, you know, in the way that people are using stuff now is a new way to browse Instagram over video chat because video is taking off so much. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think to Miola's point, right? I think we are absolutely learning as we go. We always thought that these products, these features were, were needed, but we're learning as we go, right? Based on 
both the, the public figures, the artists, the musicians, the athletes, and then the users, right? And so I think between video chat, regardless of the platform, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, we're trying to just make sure that people can stay connected. So obviously the portal device, not a pitch, but the portal device that came out sometime last year, I think, right, has started getting adoption slowly but surely, but just a personal story, right? I mean, my wife's grandmother is in a nursing home upstate New York, has never had a device of any kind. And they, of course, locked down her location so people can't come in and out. We shipped her a portal. We had some help to get it set up. And now she's able to communicate at 90 plus years old, right? So that's a cool story. But there's a millions of those stories, right? Where people are staying connected to friends, family, coworkers, colleagues. You see everyone posting their work from home, happy hours and business meetings and whatnot. So I think, again, making sure that the product and the platforms are stable. That is like our number one priority right now to make sure that with the increased usage and the increased back and forth and, and, and lives and everything, that the platform is being strained. And so we have you know all hands on deck to make sure that not only is it stable and stays afloat, to Mayola's point, what else can we do, right? How do we allow people to donate and, and fundraise? How do we allow folks that might be on this, how do we allow them to make some money that they might have lost from a tour? So there's a lot of things that are being worked on. And, and, to, and again, as Mayola noted, being fast-tracked. And we're sprinting on to say, how do we how do we get out, you know, monetization in some way, shape, or form for artists? How do we get monetization out? How do we help with allowing physical retail stores and whatnot to enable gift card type things? Right. We're exploring all these types of things to see what is needed, how quickly can we build it, and how can it be stable so that we can help wherever possible. I think the other thing that we've done, right, and a lot of people in the industry have done is, you know, who are the partners that we can raise for? Who are the partners that we can donate to to help sustain and, and, and stimulate some some key businesses? So I think that's that's one piece that unfortunately I wasn't able to to get someone to join us today. But I have some info on you know the small business grant stuff that Facebook is committed to, which actually starts taking applications this week. So this is perfect timing. But yeah, I mean the, the video chat piece. I mean as you can imagine, is something that we are keeping a very close eye on because you know, and and I've just been reading like everyone else, right? We're hearing some people having to change bit rates and whatnot so that the strain on the system and some other platforms and whatnot is it can maintain. This is our only communication method in some instances. How do we make sure that we're we're staying connected? But again, we're we're seeing all kinds of really unique uses of this platform from live to video chat in every vertical, every industry replacing and evolving their communication with their fans and their customers. i
was The Hex by Horse Feathers. You're listening to The Future of What. After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Perry Bashkoff of Instagram and Mayola Charles of Facebook. Mayola, talk us through the donate function, because like, for example, me, I have never set up a donate button on my Facebook page or anything. How would someone go about doing that if they were so inclined? Yeah. So you can use our charitable giving tools across Facebook and Instagram. They are anchored on Instagram. So what that means is that say if you were an artist or a management company or a label and you had a Facebook page, you would need to apply for the donate button. So the donate button actually, well, you would need to use a nonprofit that is already onboarded to Facebook to be able to leverage their donate button across Facebook and Instagram. So what that means is that our charitable giving tools are available to everyone, but our nonprofits are the ones that can apply for a donate button. So I would say, I think like a good example of a nonprofit is like Music Cares, right? So Music Cares has a donate button on Instagram, but say I wanted to fundraise on behalf of Music Cares, I can do that by leveraging their donate button, by starting a page fundraiser for them, by sharing one of their fundraisers in my Facebook story, by adding a donate sticker on my Instagram story, and so on and so forth. Now, a nonprofit or page, any other page that wants to support a cause can leverage a nonprofit's donate button by adding it to a live stream, which we're seeing a lot of right now, especially now where everyone is launching their own virtual festival. 
we're seeing a lot of live and donates on Facebook. And we're also seeing a lot of donations happening on Instagram and stories. And so that's sort of a few ways that you can use it as an individual, say you and I just want to start a fundraiser. You can do that as well, just as long as the nonprofit that you want to support is on Facebook. You could also use a donate button to recoup costs maybe that you are trying to get back as a result of COVID for an individual cause on Facebook as well. So say like you are a vendor or a music crew that really lost out during this and just really wants to recoup costs, you can launch your own page fundraiser. And so the mechanics of those are a bit different. It's 100% free to fundraise on Facebook for nonprofits. There is a small fee for those who are fundraising on their own behalf, a personal fundraiser. And I'm happy to share that information after the call with those who are interested in that. But there is a large suite of charitable giving products available to all of our users. Just the way in which you use them vary based off of how you're using them. So whether it's in live or in stories, on video, in posts, and so on and so forth. And we have a really good social good hub that explains not only how to use these products, but best practices on how to use them, how to engage with fundraisers, how to amplify them, how to say thank you to donors, key moments, so on and so forth. I should call out right here that the Facebook Business Resource Hub, and there's also the Facebook Social Good Hub, we have URLs for those that we will post. And that is really great. I mean, I was really blown away by the Business Resource Hub. I thought it was super comprehensive and helpful. Those are good resources to have. One question I wanted to ask you guys is because this is in an international crisis and the world is responding, what have you guys seen on these platforms about the difference in donation from country to country? Like is Italy raising tons of money more than other places or is this sort of universally happening everywhere? Is there just tons of fundraising happening? Yeah, that's a great question. So we don't look at it that way, to be honest. So we are looking at the cumulative dollars raised on the platform. And right now we are seeing sort of exponential amounts of folks that are coming in and trying to figure out what they can do and give back in a moment like this. And so our tools are available globally. There are certain regions where they don't work. But we are quickly trying to expand to those regions so that everyone can plug in and create uh, fundraising and charitable giving campaigns. We are in about 20 markets now, which means that you can either launch your own fundraiser or apply for a donation button in those markets. Again, that would enable you as a nonprofit, this is if you're a nonprofit, that would enable you to fundraise across both platforms. But as an individual, that also enables you to fundraise on behalf of a nonprofit in those markets. But right now, it is definitely a global, global moment and fundraising moment. We are getting a lot of requests for partnership and inbound from all reaches of the world right now for anyone that is really trying to fundraise for COVID-19 response efforts. But even beyond this moment, I think Facebook has definitely been a key player in sort of online fundraising and crowd fundraising. I know a lot of you are probably familiar with some of the other platforms that do this work. But again, we do fundraise for 100% free of fees for nonprofits. And it's also a really nice way to make fundraising a 
sort of community moment. So we're able to plug in a lot of our products into fundraising. It's not just this one and done fundraiser. You can incorporate groups. You can do it in a live, as I mentioned. You can share it across multiple pages. It really does become a community effort when you're fundraising on Facebook and Instagram. So we find that a lot of people repeat their fundraisers by dedicating their birthdays to certain causes, big moments like Giving Tuesday, which is in November, which is an international day of giving, and around cultural moments where folks really want to find ways to give back around causes that they care about. And actually, Perry is doing that every year for Movember. He's been one of our probably like lighthouse examples of a user taking to the platform and really galvanizing his community around something that he cares about and seeing a lot of success. And so we really encourage you to check out our charitable giving products where he could help you figure out what they look like and how you can make them look creative and create these creative campaigns. But yeah, it's definitely become an international moment for charitable giving. And we're seeing more people fundraise on the platform than we have before. And, you know, I I know we don't have someone who's specifically here to talk about the small business grants, the program that you guys have started, but I do want to just call it out and mention that you guys created a $100 million grant program for small businesses, because that's super important that people know that you guys are doing that. Thank you to your companies for doing that. That's really fantastic. And Perry, you did say that you think the applications are going to start being available this week. Yes. So I do have a few answers to questions that I would imagine would be asked, right? So for more information, facebook.com backslash grants for business, the words grants for business. And if you go there, you'll get all the information, which talks about criteria, what you need to be able to submit for the grant, to be considered for the grant, how they're picking people for the grant, location-based type of things. They're utilizing third parties to help make selections, I'm just reading from some FAQs, obviously, companies that are roughly two to 50 employees starting to focus on various US cities, and then it will roll out to 35 different countries around the world. But yes, I believe this week, starting this week, probably the end of this week, you'll be able to start submitting for a portion of this grant. And so encourage everyone to take a look at it, to learn about it. I immediately thought, as I knew that we were talking about this on our board call last week, where we were talking about physical world and physical retail world and and the touring communities and and whatnot who are are really impacted by what's going on. This is a great thing to take a look at and a great thing that is an opportunity for people that are qualified for it. So all the information is there. Unfortunately, I wasn't able, again, to get someone here, but any questions that anyone might have that are not there, please feel free to, you know, follow up with Portia and and we can chase them down, you know, for sure and, and get you to the right place or get you to the right person. But there's a bunch of those happening So do your research, I guess, past this, but spend the time, take the time to look through that site and familiarize yourself with what the opportunity is there.
to despair Love when her womb was bare Kiss on the mouth with hearts that were bound and gay The news was broke, the witness was the was Cascades by Horse Feathers. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Perry Bashkoff of Instagram and Mayola Charles of Facebook. Well, if you guys are cool with it, we can take some questions because we have a few questions in the question area. The first one is, what recommendations do you have for successful live concert streaming? Yeah, good question. And we have we have some documents that I think Music Biz will be putting on their site if they haven't already. Some best practices around how to use live specifically for the platform, Facebook and Instagram. I mean, listen, it's about being authentic. It's about making sure that, you know, remember, most of these people are probably watching it on their phone. So, you know, you don't want these crazy wide angles. You want to make sure that you're imagining you're talking to someone like we are today, FaceTime or a video chat. Be authentic, be in their face. And I don't mean in their face, I mean just, you know, present right there. So if you're doing an acoustic performance or you're talking, you know, about your current situation or you're cooking or push-ups or whatever it is you're doing from a live perspective, make sure it's authentic. Specifically on the, the concert replacement, let's call it, Whatever you can do to make your audio as good as possible, that's that's obviously what our industry is about, first and foremost. The visuals, I don't know if they matter as much. That's your call. But everyone is kind of seeing a whole new look. You know, you see my work at home office here. Everyone's kind of seeing a whole new look to people in their natural habitat, if you will. So I don't think that there's much concern at this point for that type of visual representation. But again, totally your call. Again, it's about the authenticity on here. So test it out right? Find a friend, go live by yourself, go live to a certain audience, test it out, go live with a friend and test it out and see how it's working for you, how you can tweak it. And then 
go ahead and go for it. Again, we have some one sheets that will be made available on on the sites, hopefully, so that you guys can just learn learn more about that and really interested to see how everyone is really pulling this thing together from acoustic performances to full-blown sets to, you know, bands and blocks and everything. I want to kind of follow up on that question, just ask the two of you from a personal perspective. You know, one of the reasons I want to do these live discussions is to sort of talk about like, what do we think that this is going to do to our industry over time? Like, I believe that something like this is going to create a lot of changes and not necessarily all for the worse, right? Like, I think there's going to be some new opportunities. And it really is interesting, this live concert streaming and the things that people are doing and, and engaging their fans on platforms like this. I think having no alternative obviously creates more enthusiasm for seeing live concerts at home. But maybe that's going to change things so that maybe in the future we see a lot more of this. What do you guys think? We're actually spending a bunch of time from a data perspective, kind of digging in so that we have this ready or be able to share it along the way for exactly that reason, right? I mean, I, I joke about the fact that a lot of the times we're spending times with artists and, and management companies and labels and whatnot, trying to educate them on how to utilize the tools. Now we're seeing people do it without a call, without a conversation. And so how do we show the value of it in a world where you actually can have people in a venue? How do we show the value of it when you have people in a venue and they're streaming your music and buying your merch, but you want to talk about some other passion that you have, right? It's that value exchange for the time, obviously, that everyone's spending on here. So we're, we're digging into a bunch of data to really show what the engagement means to your overall being on the platform, hopefully to your overall business from a streaming perspective, from merch and whatnot, as this all continues to evolve out. But I agree with you. I think we're going to see a lot of new uses and new needs and hopefully some new tools that will make life even easier than it was so that we're able to stay connected and continue to bring music to fans, whether it's online, in-store or whatnot. I think people are going to experiment a little bit differently with how they do business in general and how they use the platform to get that message out. And I think from a social good perspective, we're realizing, especially with respect to artists and with these sort of digital concerts that are happening, is that they are starting to see what a really authentic, scaled back, stripped down performance can have on a fundraising campaign. So they are seeing the connection between passion and artists and fans really, really, really grow in a really nice way and turn out donations more than they have in the past. So I think we were operating in a world where it was, you know, if you're going to bring something to digital, it needs to be highly produced. It needs to look really good. But we're learning that these very stripped down living room concerts are really what the fans like. And it's really been helping them sort of dig into their pockets because they feel like they have a connection with the artist. So I really recommend just finding a quiet space, some good audio and going live and maybe adding a donate button. I couldn't agree more. I actually think that those of us who've been watching music and going to see shows forever know the difference between like a small intimate concert and then a big produced spectacular event. And I think this is really exciting because I think it's, it's like exposing a whole new generation to this notion of a very intimate moment with your favorite artist. I did that the other night with my favorite artist. I just went and he was performing from his living room and their internet connection was really crappy. So it kept cutting out and it was still amazing. You know, I was just like, Oh, this is so great. And he was, you know, taking suggestions from the chat box, you know, people would put in their favorite song and he would actually play it. It was just, 
And, you know, that's very, I mean, if, if what we're looking for in this world is connection and what social media is helping us with is connection, then that really, it was true connection. I think it's important that you say that because, right, the other thing that I've noticed just in watching a bunch of folks, even in outside of music, you know, in sports and others, right, we're all human. And this is really kind of level setting everybody because it's affecting everyone and people that are having internet issues and people that don't know to flip their phone on a different way and how to use it. Like, we're not perfect. That's okay. Right. And came off the stage and we're still human like everyone else. And I think that the, what's happening is really showing that side of everybody because they're trying to interact with fans, but they're also trying to see what else is going on them, themselves to keep their mind space good. And so I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's really, really exciting to see people going live and their kids bombing the video, right? Or like they're, you know, whatever, like that's real life. And, and I think Portia, to your point, like what does the new norm look like, right? I think people thinking, oh my gosh, my kid bombed into my video and it becomes like this viral meme thing that's kind of going to be what it is for a few months for some people. And maybe that just becomes okay. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, concerts or what, Oh, it didn't work. Oh, this platform didn't work for me. I had to bop over here, but it's still available. We've seen that happen a few times or, you know, between Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, all these things, Oh, something's not working. so I popped over here. Just, it's okay. You're still making that connection. And I think, again, it's just the authenticity of like, Hey, we're not perfect. We're just trying. We're just, we're just people out here having fun and, and being passionate about what's going on. Yeah. And to what Mayola said, you know, I love the idea of seeing your favorite superstar who normally looks perfect at home in a baseball cap <laughs> you know, yeah. cat or whatever. It's humanizing. Right. And right now is we need humanity. We need to feel like we're all in this together because we really, really are. So next question, when can we expect to see Instagram shopping rolled out to artist class business accounts? Saw some beta cases around the 2019 holidays, but have heard nothing since. Would be great to empower artists with that revenue stream in this time. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. And this is something that actually in 20 minutes, I'm jumping on a call with the shopping team. I mean, this is something that whoever asked it, yes, we did a little beta at the end of the year, kind of ran right into the holiday season. So it was, so it was a little thrashy, but this is a focus for us, right? And, and we want to make it so that it is available for folks to generate that much needed revenue. As you can imagine, with any product launch, there's some kinks and some things to work through like anything, but we are sprinting and we are trying to make it available to as many people as possible. So we've been doing a bunch of different deals and onboardings with a bunch of these back-end merch providers so that hopefully in the coming weeks, we will have a solution for folks and you'll start seeing a few more of these betas rolling out, but we'll have some solutions for folks to be able to take advantage of what's happening on the platform. And again, just another opportunity to connect with your fan base, with anyone who is looking either for their own self well-being, right? And they want a new tour t-shirt. And then the same, you know, for all these artists as well. You know, how do we replace the revenue you may have lost on the road? Or how do we help you stimulate the revenue that you know you're maintaining from other platforms? So that is something that we are 100 percent focused on. And you'll see some news hopefully in the coming weeks from us on that. Cool. Thank you.
Won't you leave her alone? She's telling the boy you don't know when to go. She said no. She said it's some. We're no longer young. We're lazy in life and our age makes us dumb. Don't call on me. Parchment and pale. Sin on your mind. Dead was Belly of June by Horse Feathers. You're listening to The Future of What. After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. Also, check out our short podcast series about Bratmobile's potty mouth. It's called Girl Germs, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Perry Bashkoff of Instagram and Mayola Charles of Facebook. The next question is also an Instagram question. It says, will Instagram Live add the ability to add more than one guest? We are using it for artists and audience interviews, but have other ideas to add multiple screens. Yeah, this is probably one of the biggest requests that we've gotten over the past few weeks. You know, the live with feature is something that we saw kind of used pre-COVID and now it has become kind of the norm where we're seeing, you know, big celebrities going live with big celebrities, celebrities going live with fans, doing all kinds of different things. And one of the questions is, you know, how do we start expanding that into this type of situation? You know, our messenger tools allow for multiple videos to come in. So maybe there's a a solution there. But on the Instagram side, for sure, this is something that we are looking at. Timeline TBD but it's something that we're definitely scoping out. Thank you for that. The next question is, we, we touched a little bit before, Mayola, on getting good information out to people. This person wants to know, is there an effort to monitor misinformation to some extent? Yeah. So 
Mark actually announced that we are committed to monitoring misinformation. And so we have committed and have invested a lot in preventing misinformation across both of our platforms. So it is a huge concerted effort. We've brought on teams to monitor the information that's going up on Facebook and on Instagram for one accuracy and two for safety, for the safety of our users. What we don't want to happen is that someone consumes some misinformation and then it ends up being harmful down the line. So I can say that Mark has actually invested in this and you can look that up. That has been broadcasted everywhere. We've made a large company investment in, you know, taking down misinformation. Thank you. Okay. Is there a plan to enable live simulcasting with Facebook and Instagram? So right behind adding multiple people to live with, yeah, this is something that a lot of folks have asked for because it's very easy to do it when you have studios and teams to do so. But man, when you're sitting in your apartment, it makes it difficult. So this is something also being scoped out as we speak, the ability to simulcast between your IG and your your Facebook. So more to come on that, hopefully in the near future. I'm just interested. I'm just going to ask for myself. It sounds like you guys, like you said, you're so busy. Are you guys like hiring? I mean, are, are people, are you like, we got to add people to deal with this demand? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's been an ongoing conversation just in general, hiring and, and how do you keep that going, right? Because Facebook is always growing. Facebook is always growing. So there's definitely a lot of interviewing and, and hiring happening remotely or we're in the process. I do know that, that we just announced publicly that we probably will hire 10,000 people before the end of the year. In what capacity that I don't have all the vision into. I do know that specifically, you know, on the media partnership side, we are looking to see what our needs are based on what is happening right now and scoping all that and deciding, you know, what do we need? How do we have to pivot a little bit, right? Is Do we have to take some resources and move them over to this necessity in the business? So overall, the company is absolutely hiring, you know, and we're, we're just trying to figure it out at the same time that everyone else is. What do we need to support? I do know a lot of our product and engineering folks have kind of been reassigned to support live, support the needs of social good, where they might have been off building you know, new products and whatnot. We need to make sure that, that what is working is stable and available to everybody and continues to get better and evolve. So I do know that there's been some reallocation of resources, but we're definitely, overall, I think the company is definitely hiring. So look at the career site for sure. See if there's something you know nearby near your, your, where you live, and see if there's something that fits your your skill set. And that's one of those sort of weird silver lining things in this type of crisis that we're going through. You know, is that so many people have lost their jobs, and yet there are all sorts of things that are opening up. You know, that are needing people. So it's it's an amazing thing. Mayla, I think this is a question that you can answer from the social good perspective. Are there services for the elderly that you can share? I'm hoping to find ways to get the elderly that lack resources connected here in New York City through services and devices. Interesting. So to my knowledge, I'm not aware of anything that is primarily focused on that community in specifically, but I do know that we do have resources that do serve that community. So I would recommend one, the portal, which enables you to video chat in a nice, easy sort of simplified way with family and friends. And then we also do have over hundreds of thousands of nonprofits that are onboarded to Facebook. So you can go to facebook.com backslash fundraisers and search by the community that you want to give back to. And so you could support like elderly or elderly services and see what nonprofits are doing 
either fundraising activations or volunteer activations or anything like that to see how you can plug into the work that they're doing and support them either through donations or through volunteering, obviously remotely. But that is a great resource for those who are looking to give back and have an idea of the community they want to give back to, but don't know how to do that. So again, that website is facebook.com backslash fundraisers. Great. Thank you. That's very useful. Here's an interesting question, which I think is actually really relevant. Independent artists I know struggle getting their head around making things like designing Spark AR studio filters, gift stickers, adding lyrics to the music sticker, etc., and can't afford to hire people to help. Would Facebook, Instagram be up for hosting some introductory master classes to help walk them through how to use some of these great tools? So the short answer is yes. We actually we have a, a series on the music side we call Facebook Loves Music that we've been doing for just about a year now in these various little pods. Now they are in real life. So we are in the process of working with all the teams internally that touch and created that to figure out how we recreate them in virtual world. So more to come on that, hopefully in the near future. But you know, we've hosted things around advertising best practices and music sticker best practices. I know that's mentioned here, the lyrics, music stickers, the Spark AR stuff, etc. So yes, the answer is yes, we will be hosting a bunch of these hopefully in the, in the near future again. So keep, keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I mean, anyone is, is welcome to those. I know also our partners at CrowdTangle, they host regular webinars for the various verticals from a data perspective so you can see what is working for yourself and the posts that you're making. So a lot of good resources. But yeah, I mean, again, while we're managing inbound and, and everything, we're trying to figure out how we keep that good education going. So there is a Facebook group, now that I just thought about this, there's a Facebook group called Indie Day. And specifically for our independent artists and label partners, we had created a few different sessions, London, New York, LA, Nashville, where, where we invited indie artists, managers, publishers, et cetera, for these types of education sessions. So if you check out the, the Indie Day Facebook group, there's a bunch of different information posted there and files, documents, one sheets and whatnot. You can ask questions. It's a great community. You know, the, the, the group community itself, a lot of folks just asking questions, answering on their own. But yeah, the original question, we are absolutely looking to host these masterclasses. So, so keep an eye out for those for sure. Thank you for that. I think that that's a good question just because I've worked for many years with artists and I agree. I think that it can sometimes be really difficult to get artists to feel comfortable with the tools that you guys have provided. So it's good that you provided the tools. But, you know, I think it's also, it sort of brings up this other question, which is I think artists immediately felt very alone when this crisis happened, right? Because all of a sudden you literally can't do any of the things that you used to do to make money. And I think it was extremely depressing. And do you guys have any resources for artists, like mental health resources, community health resources, anything, any place somewhere that they can find info on that stuff? So I can jump in here. So we have a really large community health partnerships team, and they are in close contact with a lot of these providers, whether it be mental health or just healthcare in general. And they have a series of resources that they make available to our users to tap into. Now, I don't know of anything that is necessarily like music specific, but I imagine that if you are sort of struggling with sort of these issues, that there is something that a resource that they have to help you with. We don't give out medical resources directly to users or advice, I should say, but we do have a robust partnerships team that works with these nonprofits to ensure that they are equipped to give that information out on the platform in a way that is safe and also accurate back to that misinformation piece. 
So we, again, don't give out medical advice, but we do work with the providers, vetted providers that do leverage the platform to do so. And I don't have that link on me right now, but I'm happy to share that with you so that we can share it with the rest of the folks. I think we're good here, you guys. Do you have anything else that you wanted to throw out here while we have the opportunity to talk to these people who are listening? The only thing that I would throw out is to the point we made before where we're seeing everyone kind of take new risks, push themselves out of their comfort zone, you know, whether it's not wearing makeup or whether it's trying IG Live for the first time or adding donation sticker. I think, you know, if I'm speaking candidly to my physical retail colleagues, right? Like now's the time to experiment. Now's the time to push yourself. Now's the time to reach out to those folks that might be able to help out and help you evolve the business, help you seek out new opportunities, brainstorm a little bit. And we're here for you. We're here to help out and we're we're here to help because we, we definitely do not want to see that business struggle or go away by any means. So feel free to reach out to anyone that is in the know or has the resource. And I know that those colleagues and those friends, you know, they're struggling and and they're not sure what's going to happen when they can't get foot traffic in, trying to get their online business going and, you know, socials and whatnot, reach out, let us help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I think not only for business, for mental health, you know, reaching out to people, making sure they're okay. That's what our platform is about. It's about bringing people together for similar passions. And and we all kind of share that music passion. So please don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you should have said you should have. Reach out if you know people. And if you don't, you know, reach out to me. Find me on LinkedIn. I'll I'll hook you up with whoever we can find because we're all here. We're all here to to, to fix it and, and make it better. And use that stay home sticker. You know, stay home. Stay home if you can so that we can get past this thing and 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 to our new norm. And I just want to end it with you guys by circling back to what you said at the beginning, Perry, which is, you know, people are finally using these platforms for what they were designed to do. And I think that's really interesting, you know, because that sort of speaks to a lot of things, right? We create things sometimes before we really know what they're going to be needed for. But I think that anyone who's ever been like, oh, social media is so annoying. You know, social media is a lifeline right now for a lot of people millions of people. So, you know, what you guys have created has some seriously positive effects right now. And I think I love it that you guys are, are thinking about this so hard and putting together so many new things based on needs. So I just wanted to thank you for doing that. And I also wanted to thank you for coming on the show today. So Perry Bashkoff and Mayola Charles, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Horse Feathers and, of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by The Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out the website at futureofwhatshow.com and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was recorded via Zoom and is produced by Will Watts. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. Stay safe, wash your hands, and I'll see you next week. Can I have a taste of your ice cream?